Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show, Quinn David Furness Presents the Beantown Podcast Year in Review. It's Friday, January 5th, 2024. That's right, we are now into our 8901234 7th calendar year of Quinn David Furness Presents the Beantown Podcast. You do not have the wrong show. This is another episode, another installment, just a little bit of different intro music this week. The reason for that is I did something I almost never do this this week, and I dug into the archives ever so briefly. I might continue. I, I'm not sure, but I went back and listened to the first ever year in review show that we did. Basically, I got an Airbnb in like far western Virginia over New Year's Eve for like two nights, three nights, something like that. I can't remember. It was in a basement. Most of the electrical outlets didn't work because I blew them out with the space heater. Didn't have the uh, the uh, the fuse box in my uh, like unit and the owners weren't responding. So there were only like a couple outlets that worked. That was when I cooked the frozen pizza on the pancake griddle. Did not work very well. Yada, yada, yada. I basically spent two days when I wasn't like outside hiking um, coming, uh, coming up with different clips from throughout the, the first year, the first, you know, 52 episodes or whatever, the Beantown podcast. And it, so I listened to a, a little bit of that, probably 15 minutes, something like that this past week. And I might continue on it, but one thing we did that I loved, uh, or that I didn't, that I loved in that, uh, compilation episode, which is like four and a half hours long, by the way, was a lot of like jingles and transition music. And so one of the, you know, one of the songs we used, actually, I don't think it was that one. It was a different one, which I found, but I was like, let's pay, let's pay homage. O-H-O-M-A-G-E. O-H-O-M-A-G-E would be like a Hawaiian word or something. O-O-O-Maj. It sounds like a Hawaiian rapper or something. I don't know. But uh, pay homage to that with this year's recap. This is the year six Beantown Podcast Year in Review. This is our season finale. Here's the great news. You know, you know, you get all these shows these days, White Lotus and uh, Euphoria, and they take three years in between seasons. Not actually with White Lotus. That was a White Lotus was like a fall twenty two show. Is that right? Uh, season two, at least. Season well, one was before that. But Euphoria last came out like fall or at some point in like 2021, I think, is when season two of Euphoria came out. Anyways, so so much time between seasons. You're not getting that here on Quinn David Furness Presents the Bean Sound Podcast. We're jumping right into season seven next week, uh, which uh, when we will be debuting that. So that's on the horizon it's gonna be a, another fun year of laughs of our you know our great specials like taxes pledge drive horses big ideas there's so much you know our travel shows there's a lot that goes into those um uh, or uh, let's just say i have a lot of fun doing them and hopefully you have fun uh, with them as well uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. And I do want to say, you know, there's a lot of things that go into like building the world of the Beantown podcast. And, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, ad reads and intro music and our, our outro phrases, stay safe, stay sane. Uh, I'll check in on you next time. A lot of these things, like in any show, television, podcast, otherwise, they, they kind of have to develop over time, right? You try a lot of things. Some of them stick. Most of them don't. 
One thing that stuck, though, and I was listening to my first ever episode this past week, was I mentioned that listener discretion is advised. It wasn't the exact phraseology of, like, number one, this show, you know, or we'll use some language, number two, the show is objectively terrible. But I'm pretty sure I used the, the exact words objectively terrible. And we're 312 episodes later, wherever we're at, and we're still using it going into our seventh season here. I think it works pretty well, so... That's what we're doing here on the show. Uh, shout out, of course, something that is new that has stuck with us because, uh, you know, you don't just start a show day one, put out an episode, and all of a sudden you're huge in Pakistan, right? That takes a lot of cultivation with the with the fans, with the crops. Shout out to our fan, uh, fans in the great Islamic state of Pakistan. Hyderabad, Khyberbas, Karachi, West Bengal was a clue in jeopardy yesterday. Thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great nation of Pakistan. What do we got in store for you today? We have a palindrome of the day. We've got this week on the campaign trail. We've got trivia. Uh, we've got, a, of course, our year in review. Uh, a shout out to our sponsors will be down the line. But none of this, uh, none of this is how we're going to be uh, starting. I know what, one of the things we like to do in the Beantown Podcast is drink well, we produce a show. And if you know me at all, you know that January and drinking, those two colors don't run together. It is another season of dry January here, uh, both on Quinn David Furnace and Beantown Podcast and just for me, actually. Can you can you imagine if I did dry January, but it was it was just for the podcast, for the 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 three and a half to four hours a month uh, every January that I'm actually podcasting. I'm not drinking. I can't do it during that. But, uh, you know, outside of that, breakfast, lunch, dinner, Mondays, it's all good. No, I'm, I'm actually legit in dry January. Again, this is day five, one, two, three, four, five, January 5th. The last drink I had was uh, just whiskey in a plastic cup uh, at John Paul Pandowski's wedding. Congratulations, we mentioned it last week, but the dear friend of the show, someone who's actually, like, low-key done a lot for this program in terms of on-air talent. John Paul Pandowski getting married last weekend in Alabama, uh, New Year's Eve wedding. So we were celebrating all the way till midnight. There were fireworks, all that fun stuff. Beautiful wedding. Congrats to John Paul and Kelby. But the last thing I drank right at midnight, right as the clock was winding down, I finished my whiskey. Um, didn't have a champagne toast. I actually... You know, I look, Rachel handed me a, a, a glass as like the, the clock was winding down and I was like, oh, this is a champagne toast. Here we go. And I drank it. It was just it was just tap water, which was fine. Uh, it was like at midnight, but I got bamboozled ever so slightly. Not anyone's fault. It was just my own personal expectations. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was some fancy whiskey. I don't even remember what it was. I, I think the worst part about dry January is, I mean, there's a lot of tough things, a lot of good things, a lot of tough things, but I get, you know, everyone knows I like to drink. Everyone knows I like whiskey, craft beer. I, I drink pretty much anything. I, I, there's very little alcohol out there where I'm like, eh, no, I'm eh, not going to have that. Except for the, uh, the, the Sunny D vodka cocktails in my future in-law's uh, garage fridge. Those I'm, I have some trepidation about. We've gone a full summer cycle now, like of swimming in the pool, drinking, you know, uh, white claw surges and, you know, making drinks and stuff. They, those lasted the whole summer in the fridge. I don't know who got them, where they came from. No shade. Cause I've never actually tried them, but those were, those were the one item where I was like, eh, 
I think we'll, I think I'll let someone else try it first. I have no qualms, Q U A L M S, about going for, uh, you know, the Tito's that's been in the freezer since the the uh, George H W Bush administration with the cranberry cocktail uh, from the George W Bush administration. Mixing those together, throwing in some ice cubes, having yourself a good time. Uh, but the, the Sunny D cocktails didn't quite get into. But I, you, I get a lot of, you know, to finish this thought, get a lot of, you know, nice whiskey and even got a nice glass set from my uh, uh, Rachel's aunt and uncle, which is very kind of them. Just all sorts of goodies, nice stuff. And now it just gets to sit on the bar cart uh, for a minimum of 31 days. And the tough thing, too, is, you know, uh, there's a lot of tough things, but Jan- January is a tough month not to drink because it's just so dark, really in Chicago. And for me, socially, there's not that much going on. It's a pretty quiet month. But then you get to February and it's like, OK, you know, you're back. You can you can drink. You can you can get back into it. But it's tough to not want to, like, go overboard. Um, and they just kind of ruin all your progress. You really got to take it in moderation, which is tough. Or you can do it a year like uh, 2020, which was season three for us here at Beantown Podcast, and just not drink at all for an entire year, which uh, was quite a feat. It, it, you know, the pandemic was such a weird thing. I know I, I say this to a lot of people. I'm like, I got lucky because it was the pandemic. And people, I say that to her, like, are you crazy? There's nothing else to do but like stay home and drink. And I get that angle. But for me, it's a lot easier to stay home and not drink versus if life was normal and it's like everyone's going out, you're hanging out at bars. I mean, I can't tell count how many times I physically, I'm just like at a bar or restaurant in a year and drinking socially, whether you're not, you're, whether or not you're trying to go crazy or not, usually I'm not, I'm not really like doing that lifestyle anymore, but still, you know, one drink here, one drink there, go to the, the bar, watch a Vikings game, have, you know, three beers, even if we're just talking, you know, Bush Light or something. So they got in on special at uh, Roadhouse 66, five, $5 Bush Light Pines, which isn't like a crazy deal or anything, but it's Chicago. So you take what you can get. We're playing a trivia game or, you know, weddings, celebrations. I don't think it had any weddings in 2020, so it wasn't a big deal. But, um, you know, it's really... Uh, it, it wasn't so bad. So the reason I brought this up, uh, sometimes we do an entire dry January episode. Maybe we will in uh, the next four weeks here. But uh, what I am drinking today, we're back to the, the bubbly water. I used my uh, whatever it's called, soda stream, right? Um, which I don't use a ton throughout the year, I'll be completely honest with you. But January is really when it shines. I get my soda stream going, so I just put in some tap water carbonate it up, throw in some ice cubes, a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of lime juice. Um, that's kind of my normal routine. And that's what I did today, except I realized uh, as I was putting the uh, the lemon juice back in the fridge, I opened up the fridge door, I had gotten some uh, some kosher dill pickle spears at uh, Jewel this afternoon. And I was like, you know what? First, let's have a pickle, okay? Got a delicious crunch. They're fresh. Break that seal. But then I was also like, you know what? I love a pickleback shot. So let's do our, our, our little, you know, pickle juice topper. There, you know, there wasn't like a Jameson shot to kind of uh, be a prologue to this mocktail I've got going on here. It's not even a mocktail. It's just water with flavoring in it. But put it, pour it in a little bit of pickle juice, and uh, it's delicious. It gives, you know, it's lemon juice, lime juice. There's already a little bit of a twang to it. But this one really... Dude, I love it. I'm a big fan of pickles. If you ever, if you ever want to 
you know, mix up your lemon juice, your lime juice, your carbonated water for a dry January. Go do a little bit of pickle juice, just a splash on top. We're talking like a tablespoon, if that. It's, uh, if you like, you like pickle juice, you like pickleback shots, you got to try it out. Let's do today's uh, palindrome of the day. Sponsored by our good friends at Home Pride Oregon. Home Pride Oregon, when you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, go with the expert, someone who's safe, certified, someone you can trust. Probably going to be my dad, Steve. 541-410-0316. Tell him Quinn sent you. Heating and cooling, plumbing, roofing, HVAC, all that good stuff. Even if you got one of those houses like we had growing up with the internal vacuum system where you just you have like a hole in the wall and you plug in the vacuum tube and start vacuuming. We never used it. I don't really know how it worked. I don't know if it was a situation where it's like we could use it. It like goes to some sort of central repository somewhere. Uh, but there's a throwback for you. Steve will inspect that stuff too because he lived in a house with one of those systems for 25 years or whatever it was. Uh, HomePrideOregon.com or email HomePrideOregon at gmail.com. Again, 541-400-0316. Ask for Steve. Tell him Quinn sent you. Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. Uh, also, uh, Palindrome of the Day brought to you by our good friends at Cuts by Q. Whether you're looking for a fresh shave, an updo, a pop, a circumstance, graduation, coming up right around the corner here. When you need a fresh juice on the snap of your new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. And, of course, the Samson Q2U series, six full seasons of Samson. It's the season of Samson here. You know, forget the holidays. It, you know, the, the car commercials in early December is always like, it's the season of savings at your local Netflix dealer. I said Netflix. I was trying to say Lexus. And I just said the wrong thing. Although, isn't Netflix like getting into the physical retail space? I think I read that somewhere. Let's see. Netflix store. As we're uh, searching that and learning something new here on the Beantown Podcast, um, to, to close that thought, remember, um, where were we at? Oh, Samson Q2U series. When God speaks, he uses Samson. Netflix store. This was from NPR. This is a little outdated. October 14th, 2023. Headline, Netflix plans to open brick-and-mortar locations. Okay, going through here is a a Bloomberg report. Uh, Netflix aims to open a network of stores offering retail, dining, and live entertainment that leverages TV shows and movies. It has not announced when it will be uh, what it will be selling at the locations. It's unclear if any physical media will be part of the sales. Uh, Plans to open the first two of these Netflix house locations in unannounced cities in 2025. So we got a full year at minimum until we're getting to that. They did not respond to NBR's request for comment. Uh, That's probably all we need to know. But yeah, oh, this guy says Netflix is an ecosystem. Uh, senior media analyst with The Motley Fool. The Motley Fool is one of those, like, what's his name? Dave Ramsey companies where it's like, here's, pay for our investment advice or financial advice, and here's our financial advice. Pay off your loans. And you're sitting there and you're kind of like, maybe that's revolutionary for some people. I don't know. But to me, that seems like pretty obvious. It's money that you owe. So how are you going to make your own money before you take care of the money that you owe? I understand that's a very simplistic way of of thinking about things, but that's my point. I think Motley Fool and Dave Ramsey are like, here's our genius advice. We're like full-time financial people. Check this out. 
if you make $50,000 a year, you might not be able to afford a $500,000 mortgage. And it's just like, whoa, it's mind blowing. Or those rocket, those rocket commercials where the guy's like, I had three Netflix subscriptions I didn't know about. I had been paying for Amazon Prime for five years and I never, no one ever told me. It's like, you guys not in a card account or your bank statements? How do you, how do you function? I don't know, man. I, I, I know I have solid footing with my financial literacy. I'm not, a, I'm not a genius, but I got the like black and white brick and mortar stuff down. But I'm going with it. But some of these like, and I know it's realistic to a certain extent. There's, there's like forget about all their subscriptions. Why they're why they don't have any money at the end of the day. But some of these commercials are just so like over the top. So Rocket Money, Dave Ramsey, Molly Fool. You're all part of that. Uh, today's palindrome of the day. Here we go. It's a fun one. This one is fun because oftentimes, you know, palindrome of the day is just like the letters are the same forward and backward. But this one has the letters forward and backward, but like the words match up as well, if that makes sense. Obviously, the words aren't exactly the same forward and backwards. That wouldn't be a palindrome. But basically, what I'm what I'm saying at here is like the mirror point of this is between the words on and no. So those it's it's like a mirror with the with the spacing of the letters. That's the best way to put it. It's not only the order of the letters, but the spacing of the letters too, which is neat. So here we go. Today's palindrome of the day. Rats live on no evil star. So again, you have rats. Opposite of that is star. Our R-A-T-S is you know star backwards. Same for live in evil. Same for on and no. So that's kind of how that works. If you draw it out, if you if you do a sketch, it makes more sense. Maybe if you're playing hangman or something like that. So there you go. Rats live on no evil star. Uh, this week on the campaign trail, there was a big uh, CNN town hall two of them actually with what's her name nikki haley and then uh ron desantis and i did not see them but i did read the recap apparently one of what desantis is trying to do now is he i mean he's kind of laying off trump he's kind of just like paving his own way which for i mean good for him like try to become president by being good at what you're doing and not because you're the other choice to the front runner. But apparently what DeSantis got into is he's really trying to like lean into the whole Midwest middle America uh, vernacular now. And apparently he is using phrases like appreciate ya and willy nilly, which I don't really know if I could use willy nilly in a phrase. I don't think I've ever used willy nilly before. It's just like uh, nonsense, rubbish, all you you usually put all in front of it, right? Like he he went all willy nilly, but I don't really know what it means. But Ron DeSantis was using it, so be on the lookout here as we get very close to the Iowa caucuses, uh, or just the Iowa caucus. I guess there's, is there one Iowa caucus, or are there multiple caucuses within Iowa? These things were not really explained to me when I took um, U.S. history in high school from my dad. Uh, but other mis- mis- midwestern midwestern phrases to look out for. Oh, for cute, it's kind of a fun one. Uh, for crying out loud, that's like a, that would be like a good Charlie Brown, you know, St. Paul, Minnesota kind of one for crying out loud. Or rats, if Ron DeSantis is 
uh, gets uh, pushed on his abortion record and he uh, gets caught in a lie or something, he could just say rats. Uh, other things he could say, uh, you betcha. That's like a, a Marge Gunderson. Is that her name? Uh, Francis McDormand's character in Fargo. Oh, you betcha. When she's talking to uh, Mike Yanganika, or whatever his name is, the, the Asian guy at the uh, restaurant. Oh, you betcha. Oofta. That's a, I, got a, I got an entire mug in my cabinet, uh, kitchen cabinet, dedicated just to the phrase oofta. Uh, Rachel got a great white elephant gift. It was uh, fishes of uh, fish, fishes, fishes and loaves night. No, it was fish of the the Midwest or upper Midwest, something like that. I think there's like a bluegill on there. Definitely some kind of uh, a walleye, a pike probably, um, trout, uh, almost certainly a bass, I suppose, small mouth, large mouth, in between mouth, uh, Big Mouth, did you know that Netflix show, Big Mouth, the, the Nick Kroll, John Mulaney thing? It's on season like eight now. There was um, one of the last, I think, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me episodes I listened to. Uh, one of the, the three panelists was a writer on Big Mouth. And they're like, it, you know, just finished writing season eight of Big Mouth. And I was like, damn, I remember watching that. Uh, I watched the first season, maybe the second season. It's just, I, you know, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just too much. Some of it, like the, uh, I felt like the nucleus, the core of it was fantastic, but, um, it just got like very uncomfy with like some of the things they were getting into a lot of like the visuals, just like, this is pretty gross. I think more than anything else, not like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. It's just like, this is gross to look at. I'm not really having a good time, even though a lot of the writing is well done. So go ahead and email us. BeantownPodcastYahoo.com if you are still following Big Mouth. I feel like it was a really like, big deal center of media attention um, on Netflix You know when it first started. And now it's like I don't really hear anything about it. I didn't know. It was, I, if you would have asked me before I listened to that episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, is Big Mouth still going? I would be like, no, that ended in like 2019. But that's not, that's not true, apparently. So uh, A couple other things from Ron DeSantis. Oh, I still use Ope all the time. I don't even think about it. It's like them like trying to get past someone. It's like my immediate reaction. I don't need excuse me is like, oh, that's rude. You're telling me excuse me. I'm just going to be like, oh, oh, let me uh, scooch right past you there. They did a whole uh, SNL sketch with Adam Driver and uh, Dismukes a couple weeks ago. And when Adam Driver hosted and the whole thing was beep, beep, let me get right past you there and that beep beep, I, I that was a new one for me. I hadn't heard that one before. The sketch was pretty funny. It got it went a little bit too long, but pretty well done. Uh, and then uh, Jeepers, which is like uh, that's something that they would say that the opossums would say in over the hedge, uh, a, a timeless animated feature that we feature or that we uh, reference rather frequently on this show. Who are who are those opossums? Or because the Eugene Levy was like the dad, and then Avril Avril Levine was the daughter. Is that right? But was it was there like a mom opossum? I can't remember who who else is in this show. Someone would have said Jeepers, Catherine O'Hara. Okay, well that makes sense. I forgot that there was a mom too, but that's who says it. Jeepers all the time. Um, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and. Uh, was it Avril Levine? I don't remember. But yeah, Wikipedia confirms that they have a strong Minnesota accent. Yeah, there she is. Over the Hedge, what a great, what a great film. A killer cast, I mean. 
Jeepers. Okay, uh, so those are some phrases that Ron DeSantis might want to consider incorporating if he wants to win Iowa next week or whenever that is. Um, let's let's do a, a little bit of year in review here, and then uh, dove or uh, insert our trivia question halfway, and then we'll finish up. Um, we've you know we've done all sorts of different formats uh, for year in review, um, as you know, extreme as like going through and editing clips and doing the whole thing year one, um, all the way down to just, excuse me, like Quinn scrolls down, uh, his SoundCloud account and it's like, Oh yeah, this time we talked about this, this time we talked about that. So what I did, I tried to, I tried to strike a balance. I tried to cultivate a little bit, um, where I basically just like went through the last 50 some episodes, picked out some of the things that I thought were highlights and uh, we're just going to run through them in no particular, no no talking points other than just you know the actual physical title. So that that's really the plan for uh, the next fifteen ish minutes or however long this takes us. All right. So uh, I've tried January it was the first thing on my list, but we've already talked about that uh, extensively. So let's move on here. This is very appropriate for something that just happened uh, three days ago. So last year around this time was right when Jen Shaw was doing her sentencing. If you missed it. If you haven't followed this show, if you're not part of the Real Housewives multiverse, Jen Shaw was one of the original Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is uh, the newest or one of the newer, maybe the second newest now, I don't know, uh, Real Housewives franchises. And at, in the middle of season three, uh, in the filming, she got arrested, whole big thing, government, uh, uh, federal government lawsuit against her for fraud, embezzlement. You know, these types of things for her, her faux company, uh, stealing money from the elderly, more or less. So Jen Shah um, eventually gets convicted or, or pleads, uh, was pleading not guilty all the way to the very last day that she could change over to a guilty plea, eventually changed to a guilty plea along with Stu Chains, her uh, assistant, Stuart Smith, I think his name was, I don't actually remember. Stuart Smith was the... Uh, uh, broadcaster for ESPN who passed away. So might be him, might probably not though. Um, so a year ago was when Jen Shaw was doing her sentencing and she went to prison in March, I think, and it's like a five, six year sentence. Fast forward all the way to next year, two days ago, three days ago, Jen Shaw back in the news because Real Houses of Salt Lake City, which we used to do recaps of, did not do a good job of that with season four. I apologize. This past Tuesday was the season finale of Real Season Four finale, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. The new cast member this season, or one of the two new cast members, her name is Monica, and she's been trouble from the very start. Never been a fan personally, but there there are people out there, there still are, who are like, "Oh, I love Monica. She's this fresh energy, it plays the part very well," which makes sense based off of what just came out. But uh, likes to you know stir up drama. Uh, has you know mommy daughter issues all that stuff single mom whatever uh ended up divorcing her husband because she was sleeping with her brother-in-law for months and uh, the news leaked so she uh, suffice to say she's she's not my type of of lady the big news that came out it was one of the be- people online are calling it the greatest episode of real housewives of all time not just salt lake city but of all time now i'm not versed in every season of New Jersey, New York. I've never really even seen Atlanta or um, Orange County, so I can't really comment on this, but I will say it was fantastic. Basically, there's this troll Instagram account, I don't remember what it's called, but who 
just like trolled every single one of the housewives of Salt Lake City. And long story short, it came out uh, at this dinner or at this vacation in Bermuda uh, for Monica's birthday party that she was the one posting from this Instagram account. Slightly simplified summary of that, but it was amazing because you have these four OG housewives, Heather, Lisa, Whitney, and Meredith, who like learned this news on the beach and then team up to just go all in on Monica. And basically some really creepy stuff came out of like her stalker behaviors uh, or stalking behaviors. She stalked Jen Shah, but she also like made money with Jen Shah. It's just like whole big thing. You got to watch it. You got to see the dinner episode. It was literally like Avengers Assemble Housewives version. I was so happy it was it was one of the greatest things i've ever seen to see these these ladies who we've been through so much with right come together and just just blast monica and apparently they're like not talking to her and oh well the the cherry on top of all this is that monica is also like a klepto and heather gay who is one of the og housewives owns her her like careers that she owns like a a beauty play a salon it's called beauty lab and Monica apparently has done, and don't ask me like the business side of this because it doesn't make any sense like why she isn't being forced to pay before she gets procedures done. But apparently she was going into Beauty Lab using like disguises and fake names to keep getting procedures done and then not paying her bill, which doesn't sound like it should be able to actually like happen, but that's what's happening. So now Beauty Lab, Heather's company, is suing Monica for a, a shit ton of money. And they're like, the OG housewives are not speaking to Monica. So I don't see how she can come back for season five. Hopefully she won't. This is a great, like, one-season villain arc. And I personally don't need any more of it because she's, like, tied in deep with Jen Shaw. But, man, this last episode, this last Tuesday night, mm. just Shakespeare would have been proud. Um, going down the list here, other things we did. A reminder, Stone Mountain down in Georgia privatized. You see all the pictures of Stone Mountain and the Confederate generals carved into the side. And I was like, I want to go go down there and, I don't know, maybe not spit on it because that seems like aggressive, but maybe just like sneer, S-N-E-E-R, down upon it. You can't even drive to it, though. You literally have to pay. It's like a $20 entrance fee. It's like a park, like an amusement park. And they own the like spot where you can view Stone Mountain. It's like this is just... You shouldn't be able to own a mountain. Like, what if, if you want to be like a rich guy and like own a ski resort on a mountain and like operate the ski lift and stuff, like, that's okay. But you shouldn't be able to own a mountain. This is silly. I think, I think Georgia really dropped the ball on that one, frankly. Um, we already mentioned Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me once, but one of my favorite birthday gifts ever, um, lovely Rachel, got me. Uh, got us tickets to go see Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last uh, March, it probably was. I think it was right before my birthday. Some of the most fun I've ever had, even though Peter Sagal was on uh, paternity leave, we still got to see um, one of my favorite uh, guests, uh, Peter Gross, was on. He's fantastic. So that was a really fun time. Uh, Nick Kroll, who we've also already mentioned on this show, he called in for the show. So it was just uh, like definitely something I want to do again. It's not like the cheapest thing, but it's also not going to break your bank or like... You know, I think it's like 50 bucks a ticket, something like that. So 
that was a lot of fun. And it's what I like about Waypoint. Don't tell me you listen to it, you know, podcast, radio, whatever. It's like an hour. But when you go, they do so much more than that. Not, you know, not like four hours, but it's like almost a two hour production that they then edit down. Um, there's just a lot more like improv uh, from the panelists, from the guests and stuff, uh, which was a lot of fun. So I would love to go back. Love to see an episode that uh, uh, Peter Sagel's hosting. Good stuff. The pickle juice is still in there. I'm like 60% of the way through this beverage. Still getting the pickle. It's delicious. It does, I will say, it does kind of cancel out the lime juice. Or maybe the lime juice I just got was, or the lime juice I used was kind of weak because it was the same bottle I'd been using last year. I did get a, a, I got a, a new bottle at Jewel this afternoon. Maybe we'll try it again with part two, see if we get that lime juice a little bit stronger here. Uh, we did one of our mini annual shows, of which there are a multitude. We've already mentioned a couple. Um, but one of them that we, we love to do, one of my favorites, because it's super creative and I think really fun, our horse name special. So we did our sixth annual top ten horse name special. If you're new to the show, that's essentially where I, along with the help of you all, the beanheads, hashtag friends of the podcast, c- come up with names off the top of our heads and they can mean a million different things or come from a million different places that would make great racing horse names if you're not familiar with racing horse culture just literally go look up list of kentucky derby winners excuse me big belch and you'll see just the the craziest stuff you can't even explain it horse name culture is one of those, those things you can't explain you just know it when you see it and so we come up with 10 new names every single year on this show so we're, we're up to 60 names and then there's always you know what's what's actually number one we started doing this because i just always in my head was like episcopalian if i ever had a ever had a racing horse which i will never be rich enough to own nor would i probably want to but if i ever had a racing horse i would name him episcopalian because in my mind that's just like the pinnacle of great horse names that I can personally come up with. And so I decided, well, if we're going to do one, let's do 10. And then I decided, well, we'll do 10 every year. So this will be year seven. This will be 10 more names. We'll be up to 70. If you're curious, though, because I had to look this up too, what 2023 season six's top name was, because I didn't remember, it was Dreadnought, D-R-E-A-D-K-N-O-T, which was slightly born out of um, this this online game I play called Play Tug of War. Or, or just tug of war. Um, there's a card in there called Dreadnought, but I like Dreadnought because it's K N O T, and it reminds me of like one of those pretzel loaves of bread. It's like a knot on top, or maybe it's not even a pretzel loaf, but a, a, a bread knot. Right? There's something. There's something with bread and knots, and that's what I like. It makes me hungry. Bread bowl. I was ooh. I was watching Diners, Drivings, and Dives on the bike. Uh, just about two hours ago, again, my afternoon workout in. Oof, there were some good bread bowls on that baby. It was like a beef stew inside of a bread bowl. It's mm, good stuff. Uh, plowing ahead here, uh, not really show-related, but I, 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 I try to keep you in tune with the, the important life things. In, uh, I think it was late April, Rachel and I got engaged. So if you're thinking, you're asking, hey, Quinn, when are you when you when is Rachel officially either going to be a co-host or take over the show? All I can say is we're one step closer. I'm one step closer to retiring and uh this show becoming Rachel Marie Ramos presents the Bean Town podcast. What well, I think I think everyone would like that, frankly, except for Rachel. 
all 10 billion other people in the world, including the, the 200 million in Pakistan, would be a big fan. Okay? West Bengal, she's coming. Um, continuing on here, oh, this would be a good time to, uh, and there's not a ton left in here, but this would be a good time to do our trivia question of the week. So here we go. Sometimes when I, when I, when I feel like I got nothing uh, with trivia questions, we just say, okay, year in, uh, or this day in history, let's dig in, let's see what we can find. So here we go, officially uh, January 5th in history. Here's your question, and as I sometimes like to do, there's a bonus question. Okay, January 5th, 1973, this singer's debut album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, is released. Name the singer. So again, your two clues are 1973 and name of the album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Whose album was that? Whose debut album was that? This was one whose title I didn't know until I looked this up. I like to think that given the year and the title of the album, I could piece that together because the, the title of the album was a pretty like big giveaway. But uh, who knows? Hopefully you know it. And uh, here's, here's your bonus, and we'll give both, uh, both answers away. The lead single, something I did not know to, that I learned today. I, I love you know, when you learn like little things like this where it's like I never would have never would have guessed this, never had any clue. The lead single from that album was more famously covered by Manfred Mann. So basically what I'm getting at is there's a very popular song that you know uh, by Manfred Mann that was actually they covered a uh, – just gave away the answer. Hopefully you didn't need more time. It was Bruce Springsteen. And uh, the song was Blinded by the Light. Blinded by the Light. I was always, well, I don't really know Manfred Mann. He's like South African or something. Um, but, you know, before today, I just would have said, oh, yeah, definitely not Bruce Springsteen. That I mean, that version of the song is not Bruce Springsteen. But it was originally like the OG lead single single from Bruce's debut album was blinded by the light i listened to it it's good it's very different um but it's it's original so there you go uh, bruce springsteen and blinded by the light your answers to today's beantown podcast trivia question of the week uh speaking of music you know every year although we have dropped the ball in the past and i apologize for that we try to do a special song dedicated to my dad and all the dads out there um, and this year, uh, for Father's Day, and this year, I will just say, was a tour de force because we've written a lot of songs. I think we're up to like four or five different father's themes, uh, father-themed songs now. This one still gets radio play, at least among, you know, uh, my uh, my family, Rachel family, whatever. Like, I still hear them singing it, and I got to say, it's... It, it it was a stroke of genius, Daddy Long Legs. I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> gonna have to go listen to it after this. It's a great song. It's a it's a nice little piano ballad, super catchy. I mean, I've written a handful of songs over the years, uh, dad themed or otherwise, but that one's that one's up there. That one was was pretty solid. Uh, this is slightly out of order, only ever so slightly here, but continuing uh, the theme of music here, my 1889 album. Uh, the whole Taylor Swift 1989 thing I said, I'll one-up you, or 100 up you, 1889, 100 down you, 1889. And I never did get around to making that entire album, which I uh, sincerely set out to do when I started. But we did a behind-the-music 
kind of MTV style thing. And you heard me sing a couple of great songs, Battered Women. Uh, that was a good one. I don't remember the other songs we had on there, but there were there were at least like three or four we we uh, played on there, and that it, it was a you know joke thing. Obviously, this whole show is a joke, but there were some songs, especially the last one um, that I that I closed with. Let's see if I still have the lyrics to that. I don't remember exactly what that one was about, but I hit some really like good high notes at the end. Uh, Kodak moment? No, that's not what it was. Oh, Au Revoir. That's what it was, I, dude. Go back and listen to the 1889 Behind the Music show, at least just for the final song. That's 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 a good song. Au revoir, A-U-R-E-V-O-I-R. It was because the Eiffel Tower was constructed in 1889. It was all in case, uh, in case you were wondering what the hell I'm talking about. 1889, all about things that happened in 1889. It's a concept album, and uh, I forgot that. I forgot about that. That is a bonus track, but it it closed the episode. It closed the episode, and it was a lot of fun. So there you go. Uh, one of my favorite things I, I did this past year: the Mission Impossible screenplay. So Mission Impossible, what was it? Seven Dead Reckoning Part One came out this year, and I was like, "What if we did a whole like very meta Mission Impossible movie where Tom Cruise has to escape Scientology?" It was great. It had uh, it had Leah. Le- 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 I was going to say Lisa Remini, Lisa Rinna, uh, Housewives, Leah Remini in it. Uh, the Masterson brothers had to get uh, Danny out of prison. See, like, did he like actually go to prison or is he still on trial? I don't remember how that worked for all the rape stuff, but good stuff. Mission Impossible, Scientology Reckoning. Still looking for a big studio to back it. I think Nicole Kidman was probably in there too. Um, a couple more things. We celebrated our 300th episode celebration. We had a dear friend of the show and director Zach Snyder call in, uh, which is a whole lot of fun to sort of get his perspective, get his angle on things. Uh, we never did hear from Gerald Butler, uh, which was just kind of, you know, there's sort of like a blackballing process amongst the podcasting community. And I don't think I've really heard about uh, Gerald being on uh, any podcast lately. So. There you go. That's sort of what happens when you disrespect a long-standing podcast uh, like this one. And then uh, just two more things here. We had uh, some great Yellowstone spinoffs, uh, right, because of the new uh, David Oyelowo, however you say his last name, um, Oyelowo, he's got a new Yellowstone spinoff called Bass Reeves. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Bass Reeves, but it's Bass Reeves. He's like a... He's like a governor, sheriff of a town or something, and he he kicks a lot of ass, from what I've heard. Maybe that's why they call him Bass, because he kicks ass. Some of the things we came up with were uh, um, 1944, so the Great Depression, World War II kind of thing. 2024, uh, OnlyFans, Libtards, uh, gender-affirming care, all that fun stuff. Uh, 1215, Magna Carta, King John, played by Kevin Costner. Oh, no, I had Herschel Walker as uh, King John. My bad. 1431, behind every Joe Nark is a powerful man. Turns out she was super slutty. <laughs> Roseanne Barr is Joan of Arc, and Stephen Baldwin plays Mr. Dark. 
1271 BC, Moses in the wilderness, taming wild horses, sleeping with Canaanites, doing casual biblical magic. John Voigt stars as Moses and Craig T. Nelson as his brother Aaron. 1815, Napoleon comes back from exile and tames a lot of horses and sleeps with a lot of pale 15-year-olds in tight corsets. Speaking of uh, uh, pale, I got to see that uh, it's like Poor Things, the Yorgos Lanthimos movie. I'm just scarred because we had to watch a Yorgos Lanthimos film uh, in a, a film class I took in college, and I that one messed me up, man. Um, I was just like 20 years too young to see it. So even that, I, do, I don't want to see it today. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I wrote for the Napoleon one. Kid Rock written all over it. Yeah, he would be Napoleon and do the original soundtrack. 2121, Baron Trump III has to fight futuristic liberals dressed in Hillary masks, basically the purge. Dennis Quaid would be perfect for that. Um, yeah, there we go. Those were some of our Yellowstone spinoff ideas. So Kevin Costner, feel free to get in touch. Um, use them as you wish, but I do uh, charge a lot of money because he's super rich. And then finally, uh, about about a, uh, I was going to say a year ago, a month ago, we did um, our show live from the Orb, which I thought was really fun. Not only do I love being around uh, Mount Baldhead, the radar tower top Mount Baldhead in Saugatuck, Michigan, but hopefully you learned some stuff about radar towers and uh, Michigan and uh, mountains and sand dunes and all that fun stuff. And just to be able to like, be outside, it was you know, raining a little bit, but it wasn't too cold. And I got to broadcast live from a a, a a a radio tower that has you know broadcast antennas coming out of it and uh, a weather cam on top so it's kind of a full circle moment if you will for me and that's our year in review that was year uh, a very truncated version of bean tom podcast season six uh but that's what i have for you guys that's that's a wrap that's closing the book on season six of quinn david furnace presents the Beantown Podcast and Season 7 debuts next week right around the corner. I do not have uh, any big plans yet that I can unveil for you all, but I guarantee you, you know, we're going to be we're going to be getting some more uh, pledge drive specials with some more donor tiers uh, and then uh, we'll, of course, have, you know, friends of the show, Matt Fiedler, John Paul Pandowski. Uh, my, Matt Fiedler is also getting married in like three weekends here, which is crazy. It's a season of weddings here, the Netflix season of uh, savings event, uh, as we learned about about half an hour ago. Uh, so much more to come. Horse name specials, all all the hits, all the reasons you love Beantown Podcast, more power rankings, more orbs, more everything. Lucky number seven here. Speaking of lucky number seven, I got uh, from Santa Claus some winning uh, lotto tickets uh, in my stocking this year and cashed out uh, uh, Wednesday for 33 cool uh, George Washingtons. So not, not 33 Benjamins, just George Washingtons, but still not bad, you know? Uh, 33 extra dollars. So there you go. Uh, that's what I have for you. It's dry January, everyone. Uh, enjoy the darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I don't know what we're going to be doing for outro music today. I'm going to find another cool jingle in my royalty-free uh, garage band Mac 2012 model here. The Mac's still going, baby. Season 7. Uh, one of these days, I will le- legitimately be forced to upgrade uh, but I'm just kind of hanging out until then and seeing how it goes. I know that there are some like error codes uh, problems that you get usually at the beginning of episodes. Can't explain it. 
it is what it is. Uh, that's actually what I had for you, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting our show through six years. Here's to year seven. You can always find our shows wherever you find podcasts and beantownpodcast.com. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating if you would be so kind. And uh, until next week, uh, this has been six years of Queen David Furnace Presents the Beantown Podcast. Everyone stay safe, stay sane. I will check in on you next time. Bye. Bye.